Thank you. God is so good. I want to read from Psalms chapter 51 and 12. So much here in the book of Psalms. But in 12 it said, Restore me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Let me go back just a minute and read verses 9 through. He said, hide thy, uh, hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold within me a free spirit. I, I just want to share today that so many of us need to ask the Lord to restore unto us a spirit of joy. We are bombarded with all of the news and all of the negativity that seems to surround us. And it's easy to look at all of that and to get down when what we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus. We know that when the disciples, and we spoke about that a few weeks ago, were in the boat and they thought surely they were going to die, they woke Jesus up and said, Carest thou not that we perish, or we're going to die. And what the Lord was, was really troubled with them, he said, Oh, ye of little faith, how often it is we get our eyes on the storm instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus. You could say, well, Pastor, you don't realize what we're going through in our family. You don't realize what we're going through uh, in our political realm. You don't realize this or that or the other. I want you to know, the only, I love what, G, what Paul said. He said, I saved and know nothing among you except for Christ and him crucified. In other words, I keep my joy by keeping my mind fixed upon him. You see, that joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half the Bible said has not even been told what is in store for those who are faithful to him. When we are stressed or de-stressed by the, the state of our lives, we find ourselves in a condition other than that of joy. And we need to realize, Lord, guard my heart against the evil that is of this day. Surely the political realm is bad. Surely, but I want you to know that the Bible said, This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us what? Moan and complain in it. No, it didn't say that. It said, Rejoice. The Bible said in heaven, when I read about heaven, it said that the, the, the angels are up there saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. What does that focus on? It's on Him. 
The Bible said when the new Jerusalem comes down and John the Revelator saw it, he said, clothed like he said, the, the, the bride. And she comes down. He said, there'll be no need of any light there because Jesus is that light. I want you to know what? There's a light in the world today. There's a joy that can be in this world today. And, and we have to be willing to focus on those things. Uh, I shared with you before about an individual, um, an, an individual that uh, um, I met. Uh, she was a teacher of mine many years ago. And she looked at me, and you could see a sour look on her face. She just said, uh, so you're pastoring. I said, yes. She said, well, how can you enjoy that with, the, with, with divorce? And with all of this going, how can you enjoy that? Because I don't focus on those things. I focus on Jesus. See, that's what Paul said. He said, I saved and know nothing of mine except for Christ and him crucified. He is saying, I keep my eyes upon the Lord. You may be going through difficulty in marriage. You're going through difficulty in this. Maybe it's in fine or whatever. But begin to praise the Lord in the midst of all of that. Thank you, Lord. Israel came up as they crossed the Jordan. And they came up against a city called Jericho. And Jericho was a fortified city that how in the world could they ever penetrate it? But God told them, what did he say to do? He said, I want you to march around the city seven times. On the seventh time, you'll do it a little differently. With jubilee, with horns, with shouting. And the Bible said, as they obeyed the Lord. How many of us need to obey the Lord today? What is the Lord speaking to us today? Number one, he's saying, have joy. David is in a position here as the king of the nation. There's enough trouble going around. His son had betrayed him. He'd gone through so much. He had half of the nation that hated his guts. Absalom was just used as a pawn. They saw Absalom in, his, in, in, in the fact that he was angry at his father. And they said, we can use him. We, we'll elevate him. <coughs> in order to come against his father. There was all kinds of troubles within the kingdom of Israel. But David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. How many of us have lost the joy of salvation? You go on after a while, then you begin to drag. Well, you know, things don't change, and people don't this, and, 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 you know, and people don't love the truth the way they used to, and, 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 and this and that. I'll tell you right now, keep your eyes on Jesus. It isn't your job to grow anything. It's your, you can plant and you can water, but it's only God that can give. The, we can look at children and say, well, they're not doing. I wonder if I wasted my time. I wonder, you, you know, or uh, you could be a pastor church and say, well, this person, that person's not changing. And I can remember a day I used to put that on my shoulders until I realized it wasn't my shoulders that needed it. I needed to give that to the Lord. The Bible says to cast off every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. A lot of weights in life that aren't sin, but they're weights. We carry the weight of an unsaved spouse. We carry the weight of unsaved children. We carry the weight of, of, of those around us that we pray for. 
And, and, and we begin to think, well, where did I go wrong? I'll tell you, without the Holy Ghost, they're not going to know anyway. The Bible said Satan blinds their eyes and only God can open them. And we pray and we ask him, Holy Spirit, we pray, would you have your will in your way in the life of that individual? My grandmother, for many years, she lived with a man who, who um, his job on Sundays, and I've shared with you many times, uh, was to put the chicken in the oven around 11 o'clock because the church would be getting out around 12, 15. And by the time she got home, the chicken would be ready. That was his job on Sunday. He, he'd never go to church. He, he'd never uh, be mindful of any of that. But she always had a joy. She didn't grumble about that. And you know, though, that years later, he became one of the most faithful people in our church as a member. He had found Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But see, with patience possess you your soul. When we begin to pick and we begin to, well, I got to help this thing out. You've all heard about my, uh, my flower thing uh, on Easter morning. I got the lilies late. It was uh, th two days before I ran and got lilies. There weren't one lily that was open. All the open lilies were, were taken. So all I had is these little closed up lilies. And I said, no, don't look that pretty. And I took an X-Acto knife, and I cut along the seams of that lily, thinking by morning those will be smiling at us. And in the morning I came, and lo and behold, they were dead. <laughs> I learned a lot from that. Sometimes we kill things by trying to help the Holy Spirit. There's a season for everything. And we have to say, Lord God, let your season be the season. Let me with joy and let me with patience run the race that is set before me, focused upon you, because the race that is set before me is leading to Jesus. That's why Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow the Lord. In other words, always have the Lord on your mind. I trust you, Lord. We have so much grumbling in the world. People arguing over doctrine, arguing over this, arguing over that. I want you to know that when I get to heaven, I really, maybe, out of the thousands and millions of people that will be up there, he's going to say, Bob Bowman, you come up here because I want everybody to know he got it all right. Could have told him, Lord. <laughs> now, I want you to know that what I mean by that is, 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 is not that we walk in heresy or, or, or we walk in, uh, you know, in, in false doctrine. But the fact of it is, is that we, we, we try to understand who can know him in his fullness. People argue about the Godhead. Well, he's one. No, he's two. No, he's three. No, he's Superman. I don't know. All I know is I love him. Somebody asked me one time, when you get to heaven and you look at the throne, do you think you're going to see three gods sitting on that throne? Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. No, you're only going to see one. Well, can I tell you this? You go ahead and figure out what you're going to see. I'll wait and see what I'm going to see. I love you, Lord.
And people will get it. Well, how are you baptized? And I had a group that were baptized in Jesus' name. And I had another group that's Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So I said, I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. And they told me, you, 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 you got it all wrong. You can't do that. You can't compromise. The Bible never even said that you had to say anything when you baptized anybody. It's just the obedience of the act. And, and, and what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not trying to go on a tangent. People argue about things and it lets them rob them of their joy. I've, I've been around the, the country and I, I've seen people with different opinions on things. One time I went to a pastor's convention and I was sleeping in a bunk bed on the bottom bed. And, and, and a man up on top says, what do you think happened to Enoch? I say, he was, he was caught up with oil. He said, he got caught, in a, he, he got caught in, a, in a tornado and he got spit all over the earth. That's what happened to him. I'm thinking, I don't think I'll sleep tonight. I don't know who this guy is. You get people running around and, and, and will tell you that, you know, this replacement theology, uh, you know, that Israel is, the, those aren't the real Israelites. That Oh, this world is so full of trouble. I want to talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. The mighty King. Amen. What what do we we look at in that? I remember years back, uh, uh, two of the, us Bible schools. We used to stay up at inspire. You know, like young bucks. You know, aspiring. You know, uh, somehow it made us feel. You know, I don't know. But we're young, and and we're sitting there arguing over whether or not. Satan can procreate through and make giants uh, and these humans can never be saved and, and, and all of these things. And, and we were in a real debate about that. And finally, a man that was, uh, he was our evangelist, a, an older man, and, and his name was Don Rich. One of the best messages I ever heard in my life when he said, clean out the junk room. Uh, I'll never forget. I'll tell you, he was a man that could, he was a preacher. He was anointed. And we thought when he would, he'd been out in prayer all night, one o'clock in the morning, he comes to the kitchen to go up to the dorm where he's sleeping. And we caught him and we said, here's the man that can answer the question once and for all. And we asked him the question. He looked at it and said, oh, my, my, my. He said, God just picked me a simple man. He said, that's for you wise brain people. He said, I'm just a simple preacher. And we, he's got that right. No. <laughs> Today at 63, I think, oh, how wise he was. <laughs> you know what I found in studying and, and even in a doctorate and, and all the hundreds and hundreds of hours of study? Do you know what I've come to the conclusion of? Just how much I don't know. Because the more you know, the more you know you don't know. You say, wow, how, how complicated and how sophisticated the Word of God is. It, is. it is beyond anything we can totally and completely grasp or comprehend. But we need the joy of the Lord. That's what David missed. 
He said, I've gotten so involved in the troubles around me, I've lost my joy. Take not thine Holy Spirit from me, Lord. David knew he was guilty. He was focusing on his inadequacies. He was focusing on his sin. He was, and he had done some pretty great and terrible things, I want you to know. And believe me, he paid for them too. God said, because of this, he said, there'll be turmoil in your household for all of your life. One killed, it, killed you know, one brother, half-brother killed another half-brother, one half-brother raped a, uh, uh, one of his daughters. I mean, you're talking about a lot of sorrow that was in David's house. And why? Because of his, his sin. So I want you to know something. God doesn't condone sin. And he tells you, you know what? If you go out and, and, and liberty and you get entangled again in sin, remember that you're going to wear it. The Bible says what you sow, you shall reap. And so we need to say, Lord, it isn't worth it for me. Lord God, the penalty is more than I can bear. But what we realize in all of this is, Lord, let me have the joy that only comes from you. The Christian life is not supposed to be a long-faced, not to be, I mean, the Bible should be sober, but the word sobriety there means to, to be careful. We should be careful. We live in a world of snakes. We live in a world of, of pitfalls. David said, let the devil fall into the very pit. Or he said, my enemy fall into the very pit that he's dug for my soul without a cause. Let him be a shaft before the wind and let it be blown away. We do have an adversary in the world and we do need to be sober to that. But we should be a joyous people. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where down in my heart. Down in my heart, I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yes, it's down in my heart to stay. I've got that peace that passeth understanding down in my heart. How many of you can catch on to that? In Matthew eleven nineteen, 19, it says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man of gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but... But wisdom is justified of her children. What we realize in that, don't worry about the work the world says. The world's never going to have a good opinion. And, 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 and just the way it is. That's what they said to him in Luke uh, 7.39. It said, now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw, he spake with himself, saying, this man, if it, he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. He came for the broken. He came for the, the, the downtrodden. And, and how, unless we're willing to say, Lord, I want to be joyful around them and let them know that there is hope. You know, when we talk about the prison ministry, you know what they need? They need a friend in prison. They need someone that will listen, somebody that will love them, somebody that will care, someone that will be concerned uh, for their well-being. Many, many people are in prison because they, they didn't grow up with that. 
In Luke 19, 7, he said, And when they saw it, they all murmured that he was gone to be guest with a man that was a sinner. There are several examples to where Jesus went to be with a sinner to tell them about the good news of Jesus. Zacchaeus was so in, so thrilled by this man. He'd heard so much about him. But Zacchaeus was despised by the Israelites, even though he was one, because he was a tax collector. He was an IRS agent. <laughs> and, and, and they despised him. Maybe they'd had bad audits by him. And, and, and the Bible did say that he had cheated people out of their taxes. In other words, charged them more than they should be paying. And he would keep some of it for himself. But he climbed in a tree and he looked. And Jesus looked at Zach. He Zacchaeus, come down out of the tree. He said, for I'm going to go to your house. And the, and, and the Jews were furious because he would link himself to somebody that they so despised. I'm going to tell you, the church many times is filled with people that the world despises. That's the love of God. He takes the broken. He takes those. And he brings them in. And he fills them with his joy. In Luke 2 and 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. See, that's the good news. The Bible's not the bad news. You know, I can remember when I first took this church 30 years ago before I was pastoring, there was a sign up on the outside that says, uh, uh, it said, uh, uh, put away your chewing, your smoking, and this and that, and come on in. I said, that sign's got to come down. <laughs> Amen. The chewers and the smokers and, and the drinkers come on in to the house. Amen. And there you will find the joy of the Lord that can help you uh, in your vices or in your misery. In Matthew 13, 44, and again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a treasure hid in a field. And, w and which when a man hath found, he hideth it for the joy thereof, and goeth and sell all that he hath, that he may buy the field. Does it bring joy to you? Does it bring peace to you? And that is the very thing. You will not put away the world if there isn't joy in this. And I want you to know there is joy in serving the Lord. I am the most joyous person. Yes, there's troubles around. But absent in this body, Paul said, I am present with the Lord. I think of Joanne as she took her, her last breath. I was there with her, sang her a little, a little song, and I would prayed with her, and she squeezed my hand to let me know. An hour later, she went to be with Jesus. And we know where she is. He says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we should be caught up. And, and Paul said, absent this body, I am present with the Lord. I mean, he had a right attitude. If anybody could have complained, he could have. He went through a lot. There he was in the prison. He 
he's, he's locked up in a prison. He's been beating almost to death. He and Silas both. Their wounds are wide open. They're laying in that nasty dungeon where there's nothing but germs that could contaminate their, their flesh, uh, their open wounds. But what did they do? The Bible said they began to sing and they began to praise. I'm going to sing. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing, I'm going to shout, praise the Lord. When those gates be open wide, I'll be there by Jesus. Don't you understand you were just beaten uh, by Jesus' side? I'm going to sing. And the Bible said the earth begun to shake and the door shelves were open and the prison, the guard was about to thrust himself upon his own sword because he knew that he would be, he would be killed by the Romans in a very bad way that the sword even looked pleasant pleasurable to him and Paul said do not do that that night not only was the jail keeper but his whole family come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and they ministered to Paul and Silas and they cleansed their wounds so that the gangrene and stuff wouldn't affect them what I'm telling you is when you're going through a difficult time learn how to praise the Lord in the midst of it Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I know that the Lord, well, you don't have the word, I'm going to suffer, that the Lord is going to do it again. He healed all the sick and he raised all the dead. He troubled the waters, so step right on in. I know, we need some of them old Holy Ghost uh, 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 Pentecostal meetings again. Well, we believe again. I know that the Lord is going to do it again. How many of you believe that God is powerful? Get back to believing again and stop being a realist. You know what a realist is? The one who reads the newspaper and thinks that's real. Well, we just, I had a lady years ago, and every time I came, she said, I'm just holding on till Jesus comes. I feel like saying, let go. We're not just holding on. We are the sons of God. We are the offspring of the Almighty One. We are the ambassadors that God has sent into this world. If this nation is saved, it's not going to be saved through Republicans. It's going to be saved through the prayers and the power of the church. We need to walk in the theocracy of God. Not the democracy of man. And what I mean by that is that we need to believe God. If God says to march around, I think of, of the Salvation Army back in its heyday in the 1800s, that General Booth, and he would get the church going, and he would go out, with it, and he had a, a band, and they'd go, and they'd circle the cities and praise the Lord, just like they did in Jericho. And he, they'd beat the drums. Well, I can't go to that church. I'd feel foolish. How many know we, put, we should become fools for Christ? 
You think those people didn't feel a little foolish on the fourth day? And the people are, <laughs> look at these ragamuffins. Walking around the city. Bunch of nuts. Hey, you guys got to come and see. You don't think that wall was full of spectators? At least by the third or fourth day. Let's go out today and see what the nuts are doing. Come on now, let's be realistic. Crazy people. You know what you know what's happened today is that we we get saved, but we want God to make God like us. I want to wear my wire rim glasses. I want my little briefcase. I don't want to do anything stupid or foolish. I want to look dignified. He told Hosea, he said, he said, lay on your left side for a year. <laughs> Poor guy. What? And then after that, shoo, I'm done. He said, good, get on your right side and do that again. You, you, you see, when you serve the Lord, th there's nothing normal about God. Nothing. Because what is normal? The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but that way will always lead him to destruction. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. Job tried to figure all that out, didn't he? He and his three friends were all wrong. And Job's began. How many times? How many times we've tried to teach God? Look at look at Peter. He says, "No, Lord, no, Lord, you, you're not going to die. You're not going to." He said, "Get behind me, Satan." He said, "There's a method to things that I do that is greater than you can even understand, and I must do them." He said, "I must go, but I will send you the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, and He will teach you all things, and He'll lead you in all righteousness." And in all truth. In John 17, 13, it says, And now come I to thee, and these things I spake in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know, that's what Jesus said. I come that they might have joy. You see, that's really what the Pentecostal experience is all about. It's about the joy of the Lord. It's about getting so excited in a song service you can't contain it anymore. And you get up and begin to, to walk spontaneously. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It was in this very church. I think it was 1985. Long before I pastored here, because I didn't pastor here until, 80, until 93, my wife and I visited here. Bill Hiltz was the pastor, he and Jane. And, and, and we came and we sat down there, uh, I think behind where Christine and Norman are sitting, right there in the end. And it was, there were pews back then. And we were sitting there. And, and, you know, just trying to enjoy the service, and all of a sudden somebody got up, and there was a clock up there on the wall where that picture is, and, and in fact, it was where the exit sign is, and, and it was uh, John Bernard, and he got up, 
right in the middle of the song service and he went back and grabbed that clock and he came up front and he says, too many of you people are looking at this. And he put it on, on that desk, the same desk. And he walked around and he grabbed me by the hand and says, get up, brother. And I wouldn't get up. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know him. And, and, he, and so, we, so he walked around the, the, the thing again. He's probably thinking, Lord, he won't get up. <laughs> and he's probably thinking, what if he doesn't get up? And he gets there again. And I'll tell you what, I got up because he put a little more effort in it. And yanked me out of my seat. He walked me around the back of the church. He brought me back here. And the minute he did that, uh, the, the pastor began to prophesy how that I would, how that God had called me to preach. Now, I'd had callings before that, but my wife had never heard it. Little did I know that eight years later, I'd be pastoring this very church. I pastored a couple of churches with the Church of God and this uh, a Pentecost Independent Church. 1993. But see, that's Pentecost. Pentecost is having the boldness to obey God. It is, it is believing that the Holy Ghost is powerful. It's believing in, 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 in the supernatural. Jesus said to the men at the pool of Bethesda, he said, if the waters were troubled... Would you step in? You know what he was saying? Do you believe? He said, yes, I do. He said, but I have no men that would help me step into the pool. He said, always somebody else gets in before me. Those are the people that Jesus came for. Those are the people that Jesus could work with. Those are the people that would follow him. Not the scribes, not the Sadducees, not the religious leaders that just want to argue over doctrine because it gives them some sense of pride. I remember years ago of a pastor down in Portsmouth. I know as a pastor, a lot of you hear my stories, but... But he, um, Brother Reed, he would get up and sing a song. Say, anybody ever heard that one before? Nope, he said, neither have I. The Holy Spirit would use him. But I remember he was in his 90s, and, and, and uh, I, I went down and preached. His daughter was really running the church at that time. He, he was just too elderly to, to really function. A small group like this. And afterward, we, my wife and I were invited to go to their home for dinner. And, 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 and uh, I think our brother Reedy sat down, you know, kind of like an, an old man. And she put a bib around him and tied it because she knew that he, you know, might slobber it. I mean, and, and he'd sat there and his daughter went on talking about problems. And he acted as if he was going to fall asleep in his bowl of soup. Just totally not there. And finally, I asked a question about the book of Revelation. I had never seen, it's like the, he got jolted with those paddles. And he came alive and he began to talk. Oh, the Lord. And he began to talk. You see something? He lived for Jesus, not for trouble. He looked very feeble in his body and his mind, but his spirit was still young. 
And the thing that we've got to understand and realize is that we have to be an expectant people. We go on in our mundane thing saying, well, it will always be like it was. I want you to know something. When I got saved, I believed that, that, that drug addicts could get free. I believed those things. As radical as they may seem, I believed that it could be done without a bunch of therapy. The miraculous work of God. What can he do? That's what the world needs. They'll look to you, and if you go into the prison, or you go wherever it is, you know what they want? They want an answer to their dilemma. My problem is me. That's a big one, isn't it? As you've heard me say before about the young man that came to the altar at a funeral. And he looked at me and said, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He, says, he said, no. I said, why do you not want to receive him? He said, because I know Monday's coming. And I never do good on Mondays. So I'm just being, I'm wasting my time on Sunday. There's so many people that are in that position. And what they really need is they need to be around people who believe. You'll always be a dummy. You'll always, you know, you'll never amount to anything. That's what, that's what one of my aunts told my mother. She said, you kids don't amount to nothing. Be careful what you say. Because one of her kids has committed suicide from drug addiction, and the other one hasn't done well either. And I don't mean that in a way to, you know, but I think we can curse ourselves by cursing others. But my God can do anything. He can raise the dead. I remember Brother Shambach one time, he, he had uh, uh, somebody that died when he was preaching. And they said, brother, they said, we got a dead one here. And he, so, so he, he prayed for him. He said, well, carry him out back. And this was in a tent meeting. He, they carried him out back. And he said, and he forgot all about it. And he went home in his hotel room. He woke up at 3 in the morning. Oh, what about the dead guy? <laughs> so he got up and he, and he got dressed and went back down to the tent and looked back there. And, and there was nobody there. And he figured, I, I don't know what, what happened to him. The next day, he said the man was in the congregation praising God that God had raised him from the dead. See, this is the miraculous of the Holy Ghost. And, and we can believe that God can do anything. And I believe in the midst of this tyranny, in the midst of all the troubles that are in Washington and Congress and all of that, that my God is still the same God today as he was 2,000 years ago. The people were in tyranny under Rome, but Jesus comes spreading joy 
He come spreading hope. He come telling him that, you know something, you can know me and you can, you can inherit eternal life. And that when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we have no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. I think of Joanne and the fact that she's gone through hardship. She's, she's had people steal her money. She's been through all those different things. But it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrows will erase. Amen. Oh, Lord God, to be with you. Every one of us come in here today. Of course we have troubles in the world. But we come looking for Jesus and saying, Lord, I need you. I'm desperate for you, Lord God. And I want the people to see Jesus when they see me. And that I would spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't know what somebody else might be preaching. But I'll leave that to them and God. I just know that I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. Isn't that just what Joshua said? He knew that there were false uh, idols. He knew that there were troubles in Israel. He knew that there were Israelites that had left Egypt and brought their false gods with them. But he also knew this. Whatever you do, you do. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has never yet been told. You see, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ that I believe in. As we were able to interview an 86-year-old man yesterday. The joy of the Lord. Almost died. Was flown from Lewiston to, to Boston as a, a man that was going to die. But God raised him up again. I want you to know something. God has numbered your days. So don't worry about them. The enemy comes in. All of a sudden you get a sniffle. And, and, the, and the devil says, I think it's that COVID that people die of. The last person I know that had a leg ache, it was, it was cancer. All of the fears that grip the human heart. But the Bob said, he that will lay his life down for my sake, the same shall find life. In other words, I belong to the Lord. You know, I just... just I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they said that the Lord, if he, if he save us, he's our Lord, and if he doesn't, he's still our Lord. And the Bible said when Nebuchadnezzar looked down in that fiery furnace, those that had thrown them into the furnace even, even perished because they got too close to the heat. He says, I see three walking around. I think they were dancing. And I see a third, a fourth. He's like the Son of God. And the Bible said when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell of smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar says, I want to serve that God. That's a real God. You go through, I think all that Patricia's been through. And yet she's right in the front row praising the Lord. 
A lot of people would quit and they'd be bowed over. They'd say, oh, it doesn't work. And you're saying, in the midst of it all, I trust in Jesus. In the midst of it all, I give it to him. Because my joy is not dependent upon the house that I live, but it's dependent upon what's in my heart, and that is Jesus. And that's what we got to remember. That's where the strength is. And that's where the salt is. And he said, now put it in your heart. He said, go and spread it. <laughs> the people will have that same joy. Would you please stand with me? I had more here. and I think of the prodigal son and the father. The Bible said when the eldest son heard the noise, they were, there was music and they were dancing. Out of curiosity, he came to figure and found out his rascal brother came back who had already robbed his father of what he didn't deserve. And there they are dancing with him. And the elder brother was sober. He wasn't joyous at all. And he looked at his father and said, Father... I have been with you. This boy has betrayed you, and yet you dance. He said, listen, son, my son was dead, but now he lives. He lives, he lives. He lives within my heart. And that's what we have to understand is the joy. David danced before the Lord, and Michael rebuked him for dancing before the Lord. And he said to Michael, he said, because you have rebuked me, he said, you shall be barren and not have children. Pretty, pretty sober. I remember one time I was in a Pentecostal meeting, there were some young girls down in the back, and they were giggling real loud because, you know, people were dancing and doing, and I went back to them and said, remember Michael, and they didn't understand. I said, you know what David said? He said, because Michael uh, made fun of David, she couldn't have children anymore. You should see how sober those girls got. <laughs> if you want to be fruitful, if you, if, 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 you, if, if you want your life to be filled with joy, if you want to have people want to come, and with Solomon, the, even the queen of Sheba came all the way to see her because she heard about the glory of the Lord that filled the temple. And I want you to understand and know something if you're out there, when you're out there on Facebook, that that's where the joy is. You, if you want to be one of those Pharisees that argue about doctrine, they get caught up in the world affairs, you go ahead and do it. But me, I'm going to get caught up in Jesus. I want to be like Paul the Apostle said, whether in body I don't know, but I know that I was with the Lord. I think of another one as, as John the Baptist, uh, as John the Revelator, should I say. And he was on the Isle of Patmos, a lot to moan about, but instead on the, and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he got caught up into the heavens. Oh, Lord God, and he brought back the message that you and I read today. We need to get caught up with the Lord. We need to hear what the Lord is speaking in this last day. That's what we have to do. So let us bow our heads if we would in prayer to, today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. I feel it all over this house.
I thank you, Lord God, for your love and your mercy that endures forever. I thank you that you love us even in times of weakness, but God, that we don't have to stay that way. But we can trust you. We can believe in you. We can walk upon the impossibilities of life because we look to you. You are the deliverer. You are the salvation of human beings. He said, blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel, but for how will they hear unless somebody preach? And Lord, let us, our hearts and our minds be filled with your word and with the hope of the glory of God and the power of your resurrection and the ear of understanding. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. That your will would be done in, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And God bless every one of you. This surely is the day the Lord hath made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you all.